Okay, good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to this week's virtual plant clinic. My name is Bill Lester. I'm with University of Florida IFAS Extension here in Hernando County. And today I am all by myself. My regular co-host Lily Browning had a, uh, another appointment that she had to attend. And I have no special guests for this week. So it's just me and all of you here today. And I see we have at least one person tuning in. So as always, if you have any lawn and garden questions, just go ahead and type them in the com comments and I can see them and share them and we'll get your question answered. I have on here my email at the bottom, wlester at ufl.edu, because that is by far the best way to get in touch with me. So if you ever have a lawn and garden question, if you're able to take pictures of the situation, either the lawn or the bush, or the insect you're trying to figure out what it is and send it along with your email that is by far the best and quickest way to get in touch with me a lot of times i'm able to look at the pictures and get an answer right back to you if it's something that we're going to have to see an actual sample of a lot of times long questions we have to look at a sample underneath the microscope we have here at the office to figure out exactly what is wrong Many times a tree, and we've been getting a lot of tree questions recently, a tree will have problems with the leaves. They'll be brown or spotted or, you know, discolored around the edges. Sometimes we can't tell exactly what it is from a photo. We're going to have to actually see a leaf to look at it under the microscope. So if we do need a physical sample, if you start with an email, I can email back and tell you that we're going to need to see a sample at the office. If you could drop it off somehow at the office, we'll look at it and then we'll get to the bottom of what it is and what the problem is. So, like I said, anybody has any questions? I see that Brenda is on here this morning with us. Good morning, Brenda. How are you? And I can see we have some other people on here too. Um, let me make mention also if you're interested in any of our other classes that we have coming up or the link exactly how to log on or find next week's plant clinic or the plant clinic after that if you go to www.hernandoextension.com we have a full listing of all of our upcoming classes right there we are still doing pretty much everything virtually in one way or another but we do things on facebook live and YouTube Live, and we have Zoom classes. <clears throat> and many times we'll take that Zoom class and we record it, and then we put it on our YouTube or Hernando County's YouTube. So we have a lot going on and a lot of things going to one place or another. So if you're really interested in one of our upcoming classes that you can find at HernandoExtension.com, and you know that you're not going to be able to make it, shoot me an email. And chances are we're going to record it. And when we have the recording all done and a link to it, we'll go ahead and email that back to you so you'll be able to watch it, you know, at your convenience. Because that is one of the nice things about doing everything virtually. It's very convenient for people. Not everybody is free at 10 o'clock on uh, Thursday morning or Wednesday or Tuesday or any day of the week to come by our offices. But you can always watch it on your computer, and if it's been recorded and you have a link, 
you can watch it whenever you want, whenever you have the free time. Good morning, Austin. How are you? If you guys have any questions, go ahead and ask, because I don't really have a whole lot to uh, share with you here. Um, do have one picture to share, and I'm on a different computer here today. So it's nowhere near as easy to share things. as it usually is um i have a picture <clears throat> of some things that i picked the other day out of my vegetable garden so if i can get the technology to work here Well, it looks like I'm not going to be able to share the screen here. So, oh, here we go. I got another shot at it. No, not going to be able to share it, but I picked a whole bowl of vegetables the other day. And some of the things that I have coming up in my garden here in Hernando County, Central Florida. So, obviously, if you live far away from here, what you're picking is going to be a little bit different than what I'm picking. Um, I have beautiful banana peppers coming up. They're uh, fully sized up, bright yellow. Banana peppers are not hot peppers. So if you don't like hot peppers, banana peppers are a good choice. Uh, they're very prolific. I've got about a half a dozen plants, and each one has a bunch of banana peppers on it. I do have some jalapeno peppers, and I started picking the first of them. And I have a ton of different cherry tomatoes. Cherry tomatoes are really easy to grow here and central florida for a number of different reasons i know a lot of people like to grow uh the large tomatoes especially the large heirloom tomatoes maybe they're ones that you grew up north or when you visited your grandparents when you were a little kid in pennsylvania they're the great big huge tomatoes that they would grow they're difficult to grow here because tomatoes you know that you you grow the plant and then they flower and the little flowers turn into little tiny tomatoes. For a large tomato, it takes a long time for that tomato to get larger and larger and larger and fully size up. And then it's green for a long time. It seems like forever until they start to turn pink and then, you know, pinker and then they finally turn red. That is a really long period of time for a tomato to be in the garden when you have birds and squirrels and caterpillars and snails and a million other things out there, all of which are gonna notice that tomato and take either a big bite out of it or tunnel into it. Cherry tomatoes, on the other hand, grow very large, they grow very fast, they flower a lot. And the time from the little flower and little teeny tiny tomato up to full-size cherry tomato, whether it's a red one or yellow one or orange, my favorite is the orange ones, but they're all good is a very, very short period of time. So I almost never lose any cherry tomatoes. I lose occasional ones to a bird, or occasionally a caterpillar will get one and chew a hole into it. But almost all of them I'm actually able to pick and eat 
because they grow so quickly. Every time I try growing large tomatoes, I lose half of them to all of them. They can be really difficult. And I pick them before they're completely red, when they just start to color up and they turn from green to like a light pink, you can pick them, set them on the counter and have them finish ripening inside because they're safe inside your house. Out in your backyard, that is a scary, difficult place to be between birds and squirrels and animals and caterpillars and snails and slugs and everything else that wants to chew into your tomato. So that's what I do with tomatoes. Brenda says, their vegetable garden is about done. The sun and lack of rain has been brutal. Yes, it has been. But that's kind of good and bad. This spring, for a lot of different things that you may have tried growing, especially tomatoes, because I have tomatoes growing in my backyard, the sunny, dry weather has been really, really good to keep the humidity down. And that is really good because when you have low humidity, you have very few fungal diseases. If it had been rainy and humid and steamy for the last month or two, my tomatoes and your tomatoes and everybody's tomatoes would just be eaten up with fungal diseases. They turn the leaves brown and black. They get spots. The leaves fall off. And now you're having to spray a fungicide on them to help slow the spread of the fungus. I have not had any fungal problems at all. I've been absolutely amazed. And it's because the weather, because it's been sunny and dry and not rainy. I have to water the garden a lot because it's been sunny, dry, and not rainy. So pluses and minuses to everything weather-wise. Louise says, uh, good morning from Broward County. Uh, sounds like her Everglades tomatoes are, uh, here we go. Here's the remainder of it are prolific now yeah all the different cherry tomatoes i'm growing i'm start i'm getting like the hot and heavy harvest right now now i know that here in hernando county those plants will probably be done by maybe june 15th at the latest because that's the end of spring here in central florida that happens even sooner down in broward county for anybody who's further north of here it's going to happen a little bit later and if you're listening from a different state, it's a totally different time. But eventually here in Central Florida, spring ends, summer begins, and there's not a whole lot you can grow in summer. There are things you can grow. Tomatoes generally aren't one of them. Everglades tomatoes will last a little bit further into the summer. Other cherry tomatoes are going to last a little bit longer into the heat and humidity of summer. Any larger tomatoes that you're trying to grow, We'll probably finish up here in Hernando County around mid-June. Summer squash and cucumbers are probably going to be done beginning of June because they do not take the heat and humidity. And when it starts to rain a lot, they don't take that very, very well either. Um, Austin says they have banana trees at the Green Bay Floral and Greenhouse. <coughs> I think Austin is listening in today from Green Bay, Wisconsin. So um, the timing that I give for different things in the garden is totally different up in Wisconsin. I can tell you that right now. I'm giving recommendations and times for here in Central Florida. But that far north, it's very, very different up there. 
Okay, Marlene, how you doing? We got some people tuning in here. If you guys have any other questions, please feel free to go ahead and share them. I really didn't have a whole lot to discuss here today. And like I said, my regular co-host Lily is busy with another meeting today. Um, we don't have a guest host here, but let me mention next Thursday, and that would be May 27th, we will be back again at 10 a.m. for a virtual plant clinic, and I will have our county extension director, Jim Davis, here with us as our special guest. And Jim is very, very knowledgeable with a lot of uh, natural resources. He can identify birds and animals and snakes much better than I can. I can With birds, I can identify cardinals and blue jays, and that's pretty much about it. He can identify a lot more than I can, but he's very, very knowledgeable with uh, palm trees also. So any palm tree questions you have, palm tree pictures, anything else, save them up till next week. And we'll go ahead and spring him on Jim and make him answer a whole lot of difficult questions. Actually, make make him work for his money when he's on here as a guest. Um, Marlene asks, is it okay to plant banana trees now? Yes, it is. No matter where you live in Florida, the chances of freezes and frosts are all over and done with. So as long as you're in Florida, you can plant them right now. Uh, keep in mind, after you plant them, you're going to have to water them a lot, like at least once a day, maybe even twice a day right after you put them in the ground until they get better established. Now, when we start getting the regular rainy season rains, which should be coming soon in a few weeks or so, you'll have to water them a lot less, and they'll grow. And they'll, they, they, they love the heat and humidity and afternoon rains. So bananas are going to be very happy and do really well. But if you have bananas to put in, go ahead and put them in now. If you don't, go ahead and either buy some or order some and put them in now. <clears throat> there are a lot of different uh, companies that you can find online where you can order tropical things like um, bananas and other tropical fruit trees. Most of the companies are in South Florida and they ship them. So, hey, just like Amazon, go online and order up some bananas, and in a couple days, they'll show up at your front door, put them in the ground, and they'll do fine this time of year. And Deb asks, what is a typical green bean to grow in Hernando? Pretty much any kind of green bean is going to do well here in Hernando County. Very important you plant them at the right time. So... If you want to have green beans, you should have planted them back in March. You should be harvesting, for any of you who did plant green beans back then, you should be harvesting lots and lots of green beans right now. You can try growing them again here in Hernando in the fall, starting middle of August. I'd wait till beginning of September. You can plant them again and get a second crop. In the world of green beans, you have two general kinds. You have bush beans and pole beans. Bush beans, any kind of bush, green beans or yellow beans, you plant them and the plant comes up, it gets maybe two feet tall and it flowers and you're gonna get lots of beans off of it. Pole beans are gonna grow bigger and bigger and bigger and you have to have a big strong trellis for them to grow on. 
and they're going to vine and get really big. They take longer to give you green beans, but over time, they're going to give you more green beans because the plant gets really big and will flower and give you a ton of different beans. And you can grow green beans. You can grow my favorite yellow wax beans. They do really well. You can grow purple beans. You can grow lima beans here. Uh, Florida speckled butter beans are really, really tasty. I grew them years ago. You can grow black-eyed peas here, and they're beans, but they're a little bit different. Black-eyed peas are one of the few things you can grow in the heat of summer. So you can plant them right now, and they're going to grow just fine June, July, August when it's really hot. Any other regular green beans are not going to do well that time of year. And Deb said she picked them in a farm, and they weren't very tasty. That happens. That can happen for a lot of reasons. It might be uh, the variety. So for anybody with a home garden, don't be afraid to experiment and order seeds from lots of different varieties of vegetables. What's going to happen is some of them are going to work out really well, and you're going to want to take note of that or save the empty packets so that you can buy more in the future and plant them again. Other ones are not going to work out well and you're probably not gonna grow those again. So it's a learning process. You learn from experience. I have my own personal favorite varieties of different things that I grow that have always been productive in the past. And you learn from experience. So Marlene, I think going back to the bananas, asking when is the best time to water them, morning or night to avoid burning from the sun. You probably wanna water them first thing early in the morning and get them good and watered. And if they look like they're kind of dry and wilting a little bit late in the afternoon, that is when you would water them a second time. With bananas, you want to try to water them by hand and water just the ground, just the roots. You don't really want to run a sprinkler and soak the entire plant. It's not really that, that terrible for bananas, but you really want to avoid that in general. So, Try to water just the ground, just the roots, and then first thing in the morning, and <clears throat> I would guess 2 o'clock in the afternoon if you need it for a second time. That's going to depend on your soil, how well your soil holds water, how sandy your soil is, and, you know, some other um, different factors. <clears throat> and we have a question. Is it possible to transplant an adult lantana? The friendly variety, very good. Yes, in the world of lantanas, we have a very nasty invasive lantana. And all the other ones that you would buy at like a nursery or a big box store or Lowe's or Home Depot, all of those are the friendly lantana varieties. They don't spread like crazy. They'll spread a little bit in your garden if they do well, but they're not going to be popping up in forest and wildlife management areas all over the state. The unfriendly lantana pops up all over. So is it possible to transplant it? Yes, it is. They're pretty easy to transplant. You want to dig as large of a root ball as you can and cut or damage as few of the roots as you can. Kind of depends on how large the lantana is, how big of a root ball you're going to be able to lift and move. But go ahead and dig it up and move it to its new spot. Make sure you plant it at the same depth that it was growing at. And water, 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 water. Water really, really well. 
because it's going to take at least a few weeks for it to regrow some roots to be able to spread the roots a little bit farther and get water. So every time it looks dry, go out there with either just a hose or watering can or whatever you want to use and water it. Don't run your whole sprinkler system to water just it because then you're wasting water. And depending on where you live, we do have irrigation uh, regulations. You may get a ticket for running your irrigation system on the wrong day or at the right time or wrong time of day. And going back to the beans, Deb says that the beans, that the yellow beans that she got at the farm were yummy. They are by far my favorite. Whenever I grow beans, I have to grow green beans because my wife really, really likes them. But I grow at least half of the yellow ones, too, because they are by far my favorite. And Sean makes a couple good points here. He says, don't forget the uh, Asian long beans. That's a really good point. And what they are called, a common name for them is uh, yard long beans. So what they are is a type of pole bean. So you have to have a trellis because they need to grow up a trellis and the plants get really big. And they're an Asian vegetable. They'll grow here in Hernando County during the heat of summer. So it's one of the few things that you could plant now. And they're going to do well June, July, and August. And they flower and they get beans. And what they are is they're really skinny beans and they get really, really long. They don't get to be a full yard, which is three feet long. I think I would pick, I grew them before and I pick them maybe 12 to 18 inches long. You want to pick them before they get too fat because then they're going to get tough. So when they're really long and still pretty skinny and tender is when you want to pick them. You learn, you learn from practice what, what, uh, a proper age bean and an overgrown bean look like. Uh, you could take them, chop them up into little pieces, cook them the same way you do regular green beans or yellow beans, and they're great. They're delicious. Really good in stir fry, too. So, good morning, buddy. How are you doing? Buddy's tuning in from up in the beautiful Florida panhandle today, and he says that he waters his in the morning. I guess that's bananas, and I guess you can grow bananas that far north. The farther north you try growing bananas, the more careful you have to be about really freezing weather and exactly where you locate those banana plants. Putting them in a warm spot around your house, by your front doorway, in a spot where you can cover them and protect them when it gets really cold at night is a definite bonus. If you put a whole bunch of bananas way out in the middle of your front yard, and, you know, if you're up in Tallahassee and it gets really, really cold in the winter, which it does, they're going to be really, that's going to like the coldest spot in your yard. They're going to be really hard to protect out there. And Deb asked an interesting question about the yard long beans or Asian yard long beans. Could they grow up a palm? Yeah. Yes, they could. They could grow up a palm. They're not going to be there for long because most vegetables are going to grow anywhere from 30 to 90 days, and then they're done. You're pulling them down. When they're done, you want to be careful to pull them down out of the palm tree. I'm not really sure how well that would work. It technically would not injure the palm, but if you're trying to grow the beans in the soil close to a palm tree trunk, 
that's going to be really difficult because palm trees have a lot of roots really close to the surface, really close to the trunk. And it, you really don't want to be tearing up the palm tree roots to be putting in your pole bean plants. You could try putting the pole beans in containers, set the containers at the base of a palm tree and grow them up. That's worth a shot. You will definitely have to let us know if that works or not. That's one that I've never tried before. So like I always say, you know, don't be afraid to experiment. Get adventurous. Either it's going to work well or it's not. And if it doesn't work well, at least you know what's not going to work. You learn something from it. And Buddy said his bananas are doing fairly well and had a pretty good crop of bananas last year. That's great. You can grow bananas all over Florida, but they will freeze. And you need every time they freeze, they get, like, knocked back. And bananas have, like, a little time clock inside. They need to grow without being damaged by freeze for generally a year, year and a half before they get to the age where they're going to flower and give you bananas. And every time they get damaged by a freeze, you're just knocking it back. And the clock has to start again, knocking it back. So if you have bananas growing and it seems like I've had them growing for years and they've never flowered, never given me bananas, that might be the reasons they keep getting pretty badly damaged by freezes and frosts. And Deb is a gardener from Ohio, so so she's going to try the pole bean one, and then she's going to report back to all of us about how well it worked. And yeah, Buddy says that up in North Florida, it takes about 18 months. Now, for anybody listening from Broward County, south of there, down in Miami-Dade, it takes a lot less than 18 months. Bananas and papayas grow like great big weeds down there because they grow like crazy all year long, and they're going to flower and give you bananas much shorter time period than that. And okay, any other questions from anybody? Let's see what time we're getting to. Let's go ahead and start going through some of the banners here. Like I said, if any of you have any questions, uh, by far the best way to get in touch with me is email. Send me an email. Try to send pictures. If you're sending pictures of a plant or a tree, get some from far away so I can see what the whole thing looks like. That helps with identification. Close-up shots are good. Blurry shots are bad. Nice, clear pictures are much better than blurry ones. So, And don't be afraid to send a whole bunch of pictures. The more, the better. The more pictures you send, the easier it's going to be for us to figure out what's wrong. And um, email is definitely the best way. If you'd like to call our office, there is our phone number, 352-754-4433. If you call that number, chances are you will get in touch with Teresa. And Teresa is always more than happy to help you out if she can. If you have any questions she needs to pass on to me, she will. We have our... Um, Multi-County Small Farms agent, Matt Smith, who is here to help with small grower and small farmer um, questions. We have our multi-county pasture and livestock agent, Laura Bennett. So if you ever send me a, a question about livestock or growing grass in a pasture, 
I will forward it directly to her and she will get back in touch with you because growing grass in a pasture where animals are eating it is different from growing grass in your front lawn where hopefully nobody is eating it. So lawn, lawn grass, I can answer. Pasture grass gets sent to Laura. But feel free to send me the question. I will go ahead and send it to whoever it needs to go to. Or if you call the office, Teresa will direct your call. Um, please be sure if you haven't already to visit our Facebook page. Our short name under Facebook search is Hernando EXT. So go ahead and go there, like it, follow it, like all the different posts on there. Every little bit helps. Um, and let's see if we have any last minute questions here. Okay, we have a question from Brooke in Orange County. I got a flower in less than a year, so I guess this is about the bananas once again. But the hand has been sitting green since October. I think winter slowed it down. That can happen. So obviously your banana was a very happy banana and grew quickly because the faster it grows, the faster it's going to flower. Bananas have this kind of weird internal time clock. <clears throat> and the banana plant knows that once I get up to leaf number whatever, and I can't remember what leaf number it is, after that, I'm going to make flowers and a hand of bananas. So the quicker you can get it to grow and send out leaf number one, two, three, four, five, right up the line, the quicker it's going to get to leaf number whatever, let's say it's 17, leaf number 17, and then after that, it's going to flower. So obviously, yours was happy and grew well and flowered. The bananas, after they flower and form the hand or the bunch of bananas, <clears throat> stay green for a long time. And it is really, really hard, no matter where you live, to get them to ripen properly without falling prey to an insect or an animal or get damaged to have them ripen green. What I was told once before and what I did is once the bananas form and they size up and they look like decent-sized bananas, like you'd be happy with bananas that size, even if they're dead green, chop it off. Chop off the whole um, branch that the hand of bananas is attached to. Cover it up in a paper bag and hang it, like hang the branch, and you're probably going to need a wire coat hanger to do this, in your closet. And keep the door closed. So in the dark and the moderate temperatures, it's going to start to ripen. Now you're going to have to check it pretty frequently, but you're going to see the whole bunch of bananas start to ripen at one end, and they turn ripe, 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 ding, 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 ripe, all the way down to the other end, and you can pick them off as they start to ripen. So that works really well. Leaving them on the plant until they turn beautiful grocery store yellow usually does not work because something bad is going to happen to them before that happens. So most people will pick them green and then let them ripen inside. And she also asked, should I wait? Or is the hand bad because it sat too long? If the bananas still look healthy and the bananas have not turned black or rotted or been chewed on by something, uh, you can cut the branch off. And then, like I said, if you put them in a paper bag, 
the ethylene that they start to give off will help ripen all of them. So that's why people will cover it in a paper bag. Don't cover it in plastic because plastic doesn't breathe. And now they're in a plastic bag and they're, they're, they're moist. They're a little bit damp and they're going to get really, really fuzzy and nasty. So put them in a breathable paper bag. You know, an old pillowcase would probably work well also. That breathes. So go ahead and put them inside and see what happens. They should ripen and start to turn yellow. And once they get to the point where you like them, I know some people like them greener. I like them dead bright yellow myself. So whenever they get to the point that you want to try eating them, they should be fine. They're not going to be dangerous for you. The only problem is they may rot and go bad before they turn ripe to the point where you want to be able to eat them. So good, good questions here today. We have a fairly lively group. I'm going to tell Lily that there were 300 people on because she wasn't here today. So just to make her feel bad about missing out. Um, okay, Brooke. Let me show this again. Brooke, sure. Feel free to send me, um, email me a picture. For some reason, because I'm on a different computer today and a different um, search engine, I'm not able to share pictures, but send me a picture one day this week, <clears throat> and I'll go ahead and show it next week and let everybody see it, and that way we can kind of, as a group, figure out what's going on with your bananas and what the problem is. But I'll tell you what, I have bananas growing in my yard, and they have not flowered and fruited. They don't get covered. They don't get watered when it gets really, really dry. Most things in my yard have to be really tough and get by on their own. It's definite survival of the fittest in my property. So congratulations that you actually got it to flower and got some kind of fruit on it. I know other people that are always sending me pictures. Look at all these bananas I'm getting. I, I always get jealous because I never get any. But So for anybody who lives in Hernando County, if you get bananas and you want to share a few, feel free to drop somebody off us. And Carol Ann has a question here about Bird of Paradise plant. She says, I recall that you said to cut the Bird of Paradise leaves when they're brown, but what about the, the birds themselves, the little flowers, the inflorescence, the, because the flower looks kind of like a bird. That's how it gets its name, Bird of Paradise. When the flower is done and starts to turn brown or brown enough when you're done looking at it and you're not enjoying it anymore, yes, cut the flower off. And that in most plants, cutting off the old dead flowers will encourage the plant to put more flower buds on and flower even more. So it doesn't hurt anything to cut the old spent flowers off on a bird of paradise. And the leaves, when they turn almost completely brown go ahead and cut them off cut them off follow them all the way down to the base and cut them off at the base and deb says she's had a bird of paradise for five years and hasn't gotten a single bloom that can happen there's a lot of different things that could stimulate them to flower uh location where they're planted the amount of sun they get i have heard 
that burying the fertilizer can help a bloom. I know a lot of people, if we have an unusually cold winter, that motivates them to bloom the next spring and summer. So there is no one reason why they don't flower. There's a lot of different reasons why they don't flower. Something else that can happen with also that we get weird calls every couple of years on is amaryllis. For anybody that has amaryllis bulbs in your yard, you know normally they flower every spring. Some people have hundreds of bulbs in their yard, and sometimes they don't flower at all. And we don't know why. <laughs> people will send pictures and email, how come they didn't flower? A lot of different reasons, usually probably going back to the winter weather. Really warm winters do wacky things. Really cold winters do wacky things when it comes to plants and flowering and setting fruit also. So it, it's more one of those things than a specific uh, issue that you can fix. And Marlene says, I know I probably asked you this question, and I'm sorry if I'm repeating the question. That's fine, because when you asked it, other people may not have heard it. So asking them again, it's just fine. But what is the best grass to plant for the lawn, and should we do sod or seeds? That's a difficult question to answer, and it depends on where you live and what your goals are, what your goals and needs are from your lawn. But if you live in an area where you, you're you not in the HOA and you can plant basically whatever you choose to plant, Bahia is the easiest to care for and the most drought tolerant and has generally very few problems with diseases. Bahia, you still have to care for correctly. You want to cut it high. You need to set that lawnmower high. A lot of people cut it a half inch or an inch high, and that's too short. Cut it three inches high. Your grass will love you for it. It will be very happy and it will continue to look good for years to come. You keep cutting it real short. You may think it looks good, but your lawn is probably going to start to thin out and die within one, two, three years, something like that. Bahia, you can get seeds, but seeds are really difficult to get them to come up and sprout and make an entire lawn from seed because as the seeds are sprouting and the little baby grass is growing, so are the weeds. And usually what you end up with is a 50-50 bahia grass and weeds lawn. Now, if that's fine for you, if that meets your goals and you know fills your needs, that's great. You can do it from seed. But what a lot of people do is get the sod. So get bahia sod, put it down, all done. You have a lawn, it looks good. Water it really well. Uh, water, water, water. If you contact, ask Lily next week when she's on here about watering restrictions for new lawns because there are special rules. You can water more if you just replace the lawn than other people who are just watering their existing lawn. And you should be fine. Cut it high. Your lawn is going to look great in the summer when it's hot and really, really rainy. It's going to look really thin and brown in the winter. That's normal. We can't fix that. That's just the way the good Lord made Bahia grass and what it does. So you have to deal with it in the winter. Uh, it'll come back in the spring and your lawn should be fine. If you live in a homeowners association, totally different rules. You may have to have St. Augustine. Um, if you have a pasture where you're grazing animals, once again, your question goes to Laura Bennett and I'll let her 
uh, advise you on what kind of grass to grow. But as a general rule for a homeowner lawn, Bahia grass is the easiest to manage, but you do still have to manage it correctly. Otherwise, you're going to end up with 90% weeds or thin lawn, lots of dirt, not a whole lot of grass. So hopefully that answered most of your question. Um, going back to uh, Deb's Bird of Paradise, she tried to move it, but she needs a backhoe. The, over the years, and I know um, my wife's grandmother had a house in or downtown Orlando and had lived there for many, 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 many years. And she had a Bird of Paradise clump in her front yard, and it was beautiful. And it was huge. It was about 15 feet across. It was a whole Bird of Paradise forest. And it would flower. It looked great. Out in the middle of her front yard, so it was a full sun location. Um, it was the orange, the orange and blue Bird of Paradise. And hers did really, really well. And it was old, old part of Orlando. Uh, but, yeah, they do get really, really big. You don't want to hurt yourself transplanting something. And Deb just found a lover. So, yes, lover grasshoppers are out there. Please don't be terrified of them. Don't let a lover or two ruin your entire life or your gardening experience. They live outdoors. Don't worry about one or two. They're not going to eat everything. They'll eat your amaryllis. They'll eat your crinum lilies. A few other things they get pretty bad on. But I think we'll go ahead and... <laughs> Wrap things up, and it looks like, yes, Deb has already dealt with her lover grasshoppers. So on that note, we'll go ahead and wrap everything up for today and let everybody go out there and check your gardens for lover grasshoppers. And please be sure to tune in next week. If you ever have any pictures that you want to have shared on a Thursday morning, email them to me, and I'll make sure that I'm on a different um, search engine uh, to be able to share pictures a little bit easier and a little bit larger so that you can actually see the kind of picture that I'm trying to share. Uh, let me put my email back on there one more time for good luck. Feel free to send me those pictures during the week and we'll share them Thursday morning and we'll all figure out exactly what is wrong. And if we can't figure it out, we will look into it deeper until we do figure out what's wrong. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you everybody else for tuning in here each and every week. We really appreciate it. And with that, let me say goodbye and thank you, and we'll see everybody again next week. Thanks.